If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at liveonfourlegspodcast and on Twitter at liveonfourlegspod. You know, uh, the last time we were here, um, it was really cold out. And, and now it's as hot as the devil's asshole. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossip! Fucking Cameron in the truck. Hey everybody now, welcome to Live on Four Legs, a definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. Whether you're listening in for the first time or 79th time, that's right, we've been counting their 79 episodes now, not including a bunch of extra stuff that we've done, but you know, that's neither here nor there. We are back and we thank you for uh, listening in again and... For those of you who are listening in for the first time, we are a Pearl Jam podcast that focuses primarily on their live act. We take the moments that have been enshrined throughout their history that, you know, everybody goes to the live shows and they think of, hey, you know, I'm, I'm having a moment here. This song made me feel something special. We try to bring that back. We try to bring the memories back to you within this show because you can't go back and have those moments again through a live show, especially 20 years into into the past. You can't you can't go back and actually get all of those feelings again. So if we bring back some of those warm, fuzzy feelings for you, then we have achieved at least some of our goals. So Randy Sobel here, John Farrar over there. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like it's going and listening to all these shows every week. It's like. It's interesting to see, like, some of them just jump off the speaker, you know, and they they hit you in a certain way. And even though, you know, we've been doing these around the world shows where we've we've gone, we started in Australia, New Zealand, and we've gone through Asia, and now we've gone through Europe. Like, I wasn't at any of these shows, but a lot of times, like, if you put yourself in that headspace, you can hear and kind of feel like what it would have been like at the show. So, I feel like one of the one of the big things we do is yeah capture those moments and preserve those memories for the people that were there and even if you weren't there you can still hear it like we you know we play clips obviously with some of the shows we do more 
some shows we do less, but we try to, hopefully you guys can, can hear that in the, in the songs, like how special these moments are. Cause they're, they're special moments at every Pearl Jam show, you know, they're, they're really good at, at creating that magic on stage. And I, I think that everybody listening in, you know, especially for the around the world series, which is really why we wanted to do this whole year long series in the first place was to dig into shows that not everybody has listened to before. You know, a lot of these that we've covered, like Oslo 2014, I, I had never listened to that show mm-hmm. before doing this podcast. Yeah. And this Prague 2000, I had never listened to this before either. But there's always something special in each show. And that's sort of one of the main goals of ours is to go and dig in and find that and bring it to life. Cause there is somebody out there. Yeah, sure. We don't have a lot of fans that are in Prague, but there is somebody out there that either owns this bootleg, loves this bootleg or was at the show and it means something to them. And, uh, we're just trying to do our best to bring it back. We're going to cross the, cross the ocean and get back to Canada and Mexico and South America. So oh yeah. That's... A lot of those, you know, we still got a long way to go, but we'll still be sprinkling some of the American shows in. So, uh, if you were, don't worry, you know, if you, if you've been, we got some big shows coming up. I don't know if we want to, we want to talk about that right now, but you can say there, for the end, we got, uh, we got some big shows coming up this summer that we're going to cover, so everyone will get a chance to uh, to kind of relive those a little closer to home. Tune into the end of the episode, and we'll, we'll we will reveal what we're doing. How about that? Sounds good. All right, we have something to look forward to. We have lots of things to look forward to. Prague 2000. We ended last week's episode by saying that we were going to cover Austria 1992, and that wasn't a lie. We're still going to do it, but. We're going to do that for Patreon. It was a really short show. It was an 80-minute show, so there wasn't a whole lot to go on here and really talk about and have major conversations about. There was enough for an episode, of course, but I think that really what we needed to do was we needed to go back 20 years into the past and look at the 2000 year because we haven't done that 2000 European tour. There are really two tours out of all of the around the world series that we've done so far, I think 2000 and 2006 are the ones that we really haven't touched upon just yet. And, yeah. and this was a good opportunity to do that. Yeah. And any chance we can get to cross off another one on the big board, I'm all for it. Of course. Absolutely. And we, you know, just so happens that we get to do two this week. So, uh, lucky us, but, um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's direct you over to Patreon because we are releasing the Vienna 1992 episode this week and it is going to be a Patreon exclusive episode. And obviously, you know, for anybody that listens in, you know about Patreon and you know that, you know, basically every week we have something new that's exclusively on there for the patrons that, uh, you know, donate are nice enough to donate to us. But we are looking to take it a little bit of a step further. So John, why don't you tell everybody the next phase of Patreon and what we plan to do for people? Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a show of the month. So every month we're going to pick an episode coming up that month, and we're going to give all of our patrons a chance to listen to the bootleg. We're going to send it to you via email and MP3. So you'll get you'll have a week or two at least to to go through that, check it out. Anything stands out to you, anything you want us to talk about, you can let us know on Patreon or send us an email. 
live on four legs podcast at gmail.com and it'll give us a chance to be a little more interactive on the show and and get a little more feedback from from our patrons so yeah i'm excited yeah i i think that's it's a it's a great idea to get people like you said more interactive and and talking about it and also something we just didn't realize that you know not everybody has listened to these shows before so it might be good for people to have it in their hands listen to it and then we all have have that discussion and and get it in for for the show basically yeah and it's just another benefit too like if you if you've been thinking about joining the patreon and you know it's one dollar a month you get access to everything for five dollars a month you become a giggle egg you get priority access on shows that you want to cover but now in addition to everything else you're getting the extra episodes and things like that you're going to be getting an mp3 bootleg via email every month I think it's a really good good deal for anybody that does like collecting the bootlegs and you know doesn't necessarily have the means to get them. It's it's something that we feel like we can we can help you out with because we have we have them all and we've done trivia contests where we've given them out. Oh yeah, I've got nine hundred and something on my hard drive. So that's we're going to be doing this for a while. That would be very stubborn of you to keep them all to yourself. Thankfully. We're all nice enough to, to share them with everybody, and that's that's what the community is all about, just sharing as much as we can together with everyone. So patreon.com slash live on four legs. You can use the app of Patreon, or you can go to the website on that link that I just mentioned and just sign up, either the dollar bonus leg or the $5 giga leg. You get all the access to the exclusive episodes. You get to choose an episode for us to cover on the air at some point in time, and you get the bootleg of the month. So there's a lot of things going on over there. Yeah, I want to give a give a shout-out to uh, Glenn Bobey, who uh, let, us, let us know his episode he wants to cover. He's going to pick an Atlanta show, so we're going to get to that later this year. I'm very excited. Well, of, of course you're going to give a shout-out to the Atlanta Show. We've we've done seventeen Hartford shows. It's only fair. We have done two. That's it. <laughs> and I only really want to do at least three more. So you oh, know, at least it, three more. Okay. Yeah, at least. I think there are only three more. So Hartford shows are good. Don't don't be don't be sucking on the Hartford shows. And we're doing two Atlanta saying, shows this year. Uh, yeah. Well, that's so you're uh, getting yours. Overdue. Overdue. And we do overdue we we did the most famous atlanta show that there oh, is yeah, that's, oh yeah absolutely long time ago but anyway Unfortunately, we don't they they played atlanta in 91 and 92 but bootlegs do not exist so we don't know Ooh, that would that would be cool that would yeah. be a cool little yeah. extra treat if anybody's in atlanta and, yeah, if they if, if you're holding on to that if you're holding on to that cassette tape share it all right why don't we dig into this binaural era show we haven't done a binaural era show in a very long time so this is right? kind of not new territory, but, you know, it's territory that we're hopping back into, I suppose. Maybe you haven't covered a 2000 show yet. Yeah, it's been a long time. So the one thing that I'm thinking to myself, no code and binaural are similar in their eras, but they're also a little bit different. When binaural hit, it felt like there was no hype over the album at all almost the same way as no code where people were either in or they were out and binaural was very much an era where a lot of those people that just kind of grew out of the 90s sound and grew out of pearl jam and wanted to move on to 
other stuff that was going on in the nineties, they, they were out by barn by gnarl. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of people sticking around. Yeah. It got almost, it got almost no radio play, no videos. Like they had done the do the evolution video and that made a minor impact, but yeah, like they were, they had retreated into kind of becoming that like, Oh, they're still around that kind of band. Right. And you know, every band that puts together this kind of legacy needs that one weird album that the casual fan is just like, well, I don't, I haven't listened to that or, you know, I, I've never really liked that album. And I think for the most hardcore Pearl Jam fans, they do enjoy binaural. And for me, at least I like binaural, but I like the songs off binaural more than the album, if that makes sense. Hmm. And it's weird too. It's got like, it's all space and like there's that nebula picture of the nebula on the front. It's not like a very it doesn't commercial friendly right. It, it doesn't pack behind you. it, you know, which yeah. is, which they've never done, which is fine. That, you know, that that's what that's what they want to do. But yeah, it's a it's a difficult record. Like it's it's not a yield. It's not a a, a versus or even a backspacer where it's very easy to listen to. Like binaural and, and riot actor difficult records to get through and they're they're not for everyone no no that's for sure and i i even think you know now that we're 20 years from that show and that tour and the album being released not a lot of those songs have really stuck around to be you know primary songs that are in the set every time every other album has one you know no code has lucan and hell hell and present tense and yield as evolution wish list given a fly riot acts Low light. yeah, yeah uh, riot act as i am mine and save you avocado has a couple you know life wasted and and mm-hmm. the the reprise come back has stuck around a little sure. bit. inside job has stuck around. sure yeah. but to say that there's one song off a of binaural that's been above the rest is really tough to put that into a category. I don't think that there is really one that that sticks out to me is like okay, you'll get yeah, this four the, or five times a the time. highest. There's only a couple that have been played more than a hundred times. I think we we did a trivia question on this once. I think it's like maybe nothing as it seems. I'm just going off the top of my head. Someone someone can look it up and correct me, but I think only nothing as it seems. And maybe insignificance have been played more than a hundred times. Yeah, grievance probably too. Grievance is probably just mm-hmm. over that mark. But you know, there this was a big tour. The binaural tour was a huge tour. They toured the whole U.S. basically within two months, and most of Europe within you know May and, and June. So there were a lot of dates out of the 2000 tour. So you you take that year away. And you look at the rest, maybe from the Riot Act era on, and that's where I would talk about how many songs were played, have been played from the album. Because I, yeah. I just yeah. there, there you don't have a song that's maybe over fifty times. Right? Yeah, I don't know what it is like when as we go through the show, and like I love the way they they play these songs live. I I wish they would play it more. But yeah, if you go to a show now, if you get more than one binaural song, you consider yourself lucky. It's really lucky. Yeah, I, I've looked at my stats before, and I've only seen five individual binaural songs. That's it. I've only seen five performances. I mean, that's ex- extraordinarily low. I, yeah. I've seen yeah. two two of the songs 
that I've seen, I've seen more than once. Gre- grievance, which I don't know how that's even possible. From 2010, they've only played it six or seven times. So yeah, it's crazy. I've seen Grievance three times, crazy. which is kind of nuts. But then nothing, nothing as it seems I've seen twice, too. And then once mm-hmm. for Breakerfall, once for Insignificance, and once for Sleight of Hand. And the rest of yeah, them... I think I have, I have two Light Years, two Nothing As It Seems, and a Rival... Wow. I'm thinking that maybe is all I have. I mean, and look at that. Just between two people, you have two songs that I don't have, you know? So it's completely, it's a completely different animal, completely different beast. I think for most of the other albums, I have at least heard half of the album. And in most of these cases for these albums, I'm, I'm, I'm missing one, maybe two songs. So that's... Sort of how binaural is has ended up, and and one of the things that really kind of spoke out to me with the scent and kind of pops out at first is that even a month after the album comes out, there are only five binaural songs that are played yeah. on their show. That's a yeah. really low total, and that's not something they were necessarily doing a lot. I, I I went back and I looked at most of the shows and it's it's around seven or eight. So that's if if it's that much average, then that's a pretty decent amount for a new album. But five seems really low and you know, but in the same uh, aspect you you get a lot of variety from all of the albums in this. Yeah, there's a couple of couple of cool no code ones, a couple of uh of cool yield ones, so yeah, they they mix it up a little bit, and I think too that's you know they had played Prague before, I think in '96, I know for sure, right? You know he goes around the arena. I think they they saw what kind of place this was, and you can watch the video of this show on on YouTube. It's really good, and they all you see is just a sea of people. It's '96, Ni- yeah, '96. So they had been to Prague before, not not too far before this show, so. I think they knew that they were going to get a good show. And he mentions, too, that, that this might be the best show of the tour so far. So you can tell the crowd's really into it. Everyone's singing along. They knew that maybe they should be a little... He, You know, when Ed makes a set list, he, he gets a feel for the place and the city. And, like, he knows... Uh, I think for this one, he, he realized they needed to be a little more crowd-friendly and play a little more of the, the more popular, older stuff. Yeah, that, that could be it. And, you know... Uh again going back to just sort of the album's appeal to people and maybe that they're thinking you know how how much has this record been playing on on the radio in Prague how mu- how much has this sold here are you know are people from the last show were they into the binaural songs as much as we wanted them to be and i think the the show before this i believe was pink pop 2000 so there were quite a few new songs there on that show so you know big big crowd maybe didn't give them the reaction that they would have hoped so maybe they kind of died down on it a little bit yeah, and I mean, kind of slowed by it this down time, by this time they're learning which songs get a reaction and which ones don't sure and sure. we even get a we even get a debut at this show which we do is really cool we do so all right let's uh let's kick it off and of course if we're in the binaural era pretty much every show is going to be an of the girl opener, which is fantastic. And you are kicking it off with Mike 
absolutely on fire and it never stops. You know, an NBA jam where, you know, you, you dunk a couple times <laughs> and, you, and you're heating up and right. then you're just the ball is on fire. And every time you touch the ball, your whole body goes on fire. And Mike you can't miss. Yeah. yeah, you can't. Right. This was Mike on that on the show. This is definitely a Mike show. It's he is. There's so many opportunities for him in this to to just show off and do his thing. Like it's and yeah, that's it's a little bit. The set list is a little weird. And when you get into the middle and the end of the first set, we'll talk about that. But yeah, at almost every chance he gets, he's going off. Yeah, it's it's basically tailor made for him, and you know different stuff that they're doing in the binaural era too. I don't know if you listened in to the in my tree episode that we did uh on the song evolution but we talked about some of the sound effects that they were doing during versions of in my tree a lot of that stuff is implemented in some of these songs whether it's a new song whether it's an old song he's doing a lot of it there so really in in the first one in of the girl it's just his platform to just kind of go crazy and a lot of what we're going to play tonight is Mike is just you know taking in what Mike did because Mike really made the night very special absolutely and yeah only the seventh of the girl I mean I know we're early in the tour but still that's that's uh you know some of them had been played a lot more than that so this was still uh early on in the history of it but yeah he just he just takes the song over it's it's great so you get of the girl grievance is the second song and there. Right off the bat, you have two binaural. And Grievance, you know, it's not the definitive number two song. And it's kind of, I don't know. It, it, I know that they've done it a lot in the three or four spot, which I think I take a little bit better. But I don't know how I feel about it as the second song. I don't think it really Well, you got to think, too, early on in the tour, the they're still feeling these songs out. Like, sure, of course. We talked about that, that show in Berlin where they did sometimes late in the set. Like, you, you can't, like, these songs haven't migrated to their their final resting places yeah like they're they're not where they would end up they're still feeling it out and he's still playing around with what sounds good where but i I thought this grievance was fantastic like ed shredding his vocals at the beginning there's some really good cameron stuff at the end like it's i thought it was a fantastic version of grievance one of the highlights for me well a lot of what mike was doing in grievance is what i was just saying before a lot of that spacey Mm -hmm. kind of you know basically they they sound like lasers essentially coming from his guitar Again, chances to play around here. Mike is taking every opportunity to to make something of it and make it special. Yeah, and it's it's a song too that 
it immediately gets the crowd going. Like after of the girl, which is a little more relaxed. Yeah, grievance immediately gets everybody jumping up and down, throwing their hands in the air. And the rest of the beginning of this set kind of bounces up and down a little bit. You get a corduroy and a very good corduroy that bounces into a given a fly that has that that you know slow burn build that we talk about where it starts off kind of mild and then goes up as as the song progresses but you know then you get animal which necessarily wouldn't be after given a fly and then red mosquito which is kind of in its own little spot where it usually is the six seven hole kind of deal so they're it's not what they would do on a regular basis i think the given a fly in the number four spot kind of throws it off just a little bit and not in a bad way at all. It's just, yeah, I think it's only a, it's only a two year old song at this point. Right. They're still figuring stuff out with that too, but yeah. it's, you know, I, I think when you look at it and you look at, you know, corduroy being that opener animal being that opener, you see given a fly and it kind of takes the balance a little bit and it kind of cuts through it. Corduroy is great. I, I love it when he, like before it starts, he just hits that chord and lets it ring, like to let it. That's the first note of corduroy to let everybody know. It kind of gives a tease, like sure, here it is. You know, I love when he does that. And again, McCready's great on corduroy. Animal, I thought was a standout. Mike's playing a flying V. Jeff is doing that like attack pose where he like spreads his legs and gets way down. And then you you got Mike running over to Stone's side and they jam a little bit. Like I thought, Animal was a was a highlight of the early set. Yeah, Mike was using the Flying V in a couple songs on this one, yeah. I noticed, yeah. which is not – that is not very typical nowadays. And Ed belting that that last, animal. I'd rather be, I'd rather be, I'd rather be with an like an an overlooked one like if if we were to ask everybody like hey send us your top five or top ten live songs like i doubt very many of them would have animal on there yeah it's 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 good when it's good it's really good yeah it's it's good glue for a set and you sort of you kind of don't think about it because it's in every three shows or so and it fills that you know that void of the early early set trying to get get people going and and he's you know, usually really emotive with it. Like he does the one, two, three, four, five. And like right. he gets, Ed gets really into it with the crowd and he's really like moving around and doing things, gets into it. So I think it's a, it's, it's a highlight live. I I think it deserves to be talked about more as a live song, but you, it always gets overlooked. Like even me, like if you had asked me before we started the show, like what are your top 10 live songs, top 20 live songs? I probably would have forgotten about Animal, but it absolutely absolutely deserves a spot. I think, again, that sometimes it's probably due to placement because it gets so 
it's in that first couple so often that you don't really get it a chance to have a spotlight anywhere else. If it was in an encore, if it was in the late set, give it a chance to be open or give it a chance to be in a late encore. I fully agree with that. Let it end a first set. Like, absolutely. This is is a great song. Yeah. Sometimes they, they rest on their laurels a little bit and you know, it takes a couple of songs that should be more powerful live and kind of, if, if I, if I win the all in challenge and get to help Ed make the, the set list, I will, I will, push for animal to get a more prominent spot i promise let's see if it makes your set there you're gonna have a lot of decisions to make yeah yeah if you guys didn't see they're they're doing uh pearl jam's doing the all-in challenge where if you if you donate money then uh you can get a chance to win a great prize like we we shared it i think a couple of couple weeks ago when it came out but yeah you get a chance to like see sound check and help make the set list and be on stage, bring him, bring out a guitar. They'll sing happy birthday to you. Like it's, they went all out on this thing. It's basically everything that you could want. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 Really. And, and a lot of sports franchises are doing this. A lot of actors right. are doing this. Right. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big deal. So if, if that's something, if you've always wanted to go on stage and, and, uh, and have Ed sing happy birthday to you and get a cake smushed in your face, then I, you know, <laughs> do what you can to, to give back yeah it'll be interesting too because we'll we'll obviously know who the winner is because we'll you know when when the tour comes around we'll get to we'll know like who they bring out on stage so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out no matter what happens i want the winner to come on an episode and talk to us i think that's going to be an experience that needs to to be documented i suppose red mosquito mike again like this opening set he's every song we, we, we could talk about how great it is with him Cameron Phil during the solo section on on Red Mosquito too that just feels like it comes out of nowhere. I love that little part. Yeah, he was he was feeling a little more comfortable. Like this was his second big tour that he'd done with them, so he was he was throwing in a little more of his touches on things. And yeah, it's really nice. He was really starting to make an imprint on the sound. So here, uh, Ed takes a little break after six songs, and you know, asks the crowd how they are. And talks about how cold it was in that 96 show that they played. But tonight is hot as the devil's asshole. So proceeds to tell a story about how... You think how that's a tie-in with Red Mosquito? A little bit of the devil and... It's... Yeah, I kind of... Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Maybe that was a reason that got thrown in there. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I feel like I've heard him use that specific quote before. Devil's mm-hmm. asshole. So potentially. Potentially it has something to do with Red Mosquito. But, I, you know... But... Yeah, he proceeds to tell a story here about how the equipment truck got stuck at the border during the last show. So the equipment didn't get to the show until 7, and everybody was waiting out out in the cold. 
and he said he watched some film on it and it looked like people were all miserable, miserable. So he thanks everybody for sticking with it and calls everybody uh, tough. If they can get through that, they can get through this. So, you know, again, we've dealt with a lot of shows that had very hot atmospheres. I know we talked about the Copenhagen one where everybody was sweating through and, and, you know, changing his shirt a couple of times. I think in this show, Mike loses his shirt. So, you know, that's, that's, those are difficult things to do when you're on stage and you have to basically run through the gauntlet of songs and, you know, man the temperature as well. Yeah. I mean, we always, you know, you you don't even think about it unless they bring it up, but it's a big part of these shows. Absolutely. Absolutely. And big part of how they perform too and how they react to it. So we get here, middle of the set, Pilot, only the ninth ever performance of this song. And, you know, we talk about the Yield song sometimes and how they didn't really get their due during the Yield era, basically maybe because Cameron had a lot more to learn and you wanted him to get comfortable with songs like Corduroy and uh, Last Exit and those kind of songs. But Pilot kind of got left in the dust and it's a song that really even nowadays maybe you get it once a year once every two years kind of deal right song in general i always feel like this is maybe one of the more underrated tracks in the pearl jam discography yeah i mean it's a jeff song and his songs are always weird and great and i i love the background vocals which they they do in this one thankfully yeah, i think it just makes the song and like yeah it's a it's got a weird bridge and like yeah i think it definitely deserves to be played more it was a nice surprise here yeah i feel like whenever it does get played i, I always equate it to it's kind of the golf clap song where people politely respect it, but they're not going to get up in a frenzy about it. They're not going to have their arms in the air, but they will, you know, sing along and kind of bob their head. But it's yeah, not. It's not It's not like a fast. It doesn't fit in that fast set with the save yous and the mind your manners and brain of jays and things like that. It, and But it's not like a soaring thing. Like it doesn't fit in with your unthought knowns and lightning bolts and even flows and those things that kind of make up the middle of the set so yeah a lot of times it it just it'll, it'll be like oh we're gonna play a weird one and they have they have a bunch of those and they have to rotate them through so it never really found a, a home in the set and this one bounces around too you know you have a very soft verse and then a chorus that kind of gets a little faster and picks up a, the pace a little bit so it doesn't you know and and maybe that's why it just doesn't connect with the fans as much is that it's not it's a very different song 
in that aspect. But again, Jeff yeah, writes. That, that's, again, that exactly what you're going to say. That that's Jeff to a T. Yeah. But yeah, and I think a lot of in this show too, it's it's almost very workmanlike. Like that, there's not a lot of extended versions or improv stuff, but it's no. all very solid. It's almost like a lot of very similar to the album versions and like pilot included. Like there, there's not a lot of. Uh, straying from the from the album versions on this, but I mean it's it's great. But this is not a show you're going to go to if you're looking for like a lot of stage banter or a lot of extra stuff or improvs or tags or anything like that. It's just not here. No, but it's a very solid performance. The the band yeah. was was tight all night, and if you like different set lists and and things popping up where they don't necessarily pop up, which we're going to talk about right now. Alive is in the number eight spot. So, you know, at this time, obviously Alive is getting the axe from the set list a little bit after after this because of everything that went on with Roskilde. So, but I think that there was a time before this where they were starting to wane off of it a little bit. And they the were trying, curse, yeah. Right. They were trying to use it in different spots like this. And, and it just feels, even performing it, eight songs in, it feels like they're rising to that moment to make a big moment in this show. They're not playing it like an eighth song. They're playing it like the same way that they would play it if it was 25th. Yeah, I almost expected Yellow Ledbetter after and then we're done. Like, Right, exactly. Yeah. That, but yeah, what I think they were trying to do, because you get Even Flow late, like Even Flow is the penultimate song in the main set. I almost think they were trying to switch those to see if it would work. Yeah. Right. Hey, you know, can we, can we, are these, I think they were just testing it. Like, are these interchangeable? Is this something we can do? Like put, put alive in the middle, like, cause even flow kind of becomes like the give Ed's voice a break song. Let McCready have a moment. And alive could have easily been that, you know, if, if this had, if they had decided that this had worked, it could easily have been switched and we could be seeing even flow in encore ones and encore twos and seeing alive being that mid main set song, you know? But for whatever reason, they they decided that it, they didn't like it as much or it didn't work. But yeah, I think it's just man, yeah. the lyrics of Alive, and you get the fans mm-hmm. chanting back and forth. It's just too good to not close your night with to to not give them the signal. And it's that still this their their up. most well known song. Like yeah, you you can say Jeremy, you can say Even Flow, you can say Last Kiss because it was the single, or you can say you know whatever. But Alive is is the song that one hundred percent of Pearl Jam fans know and want to see. Yeah, of course, and you know they—they are—they almost never take a night off with either a live or even yeah. flow. But you know, I think that even flow is more consistently taken out of the set in that in that fashion. You'll see nowadays, even, yeah, like oh, a live is going to catch even flow in the main in the total plays like before too long. Who know, Who knows though? I I I, it, I think it's way too much of a discrepancy now to even debate it because you're thinking about, you know, I, that's a that's a whole different conversation. Well, for, you got to think there's going to be there's going to be the 2020 shows. There's going to be the 2021 world tour. They're going to come back in 2022. Yeah, so we're going to get I, a lot of shows over the next few years, right? Right, guys? Yeah, right? Uh, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, let's let's let's. Let's beat a virus first, and you know, and then yeah. we we plan for the future. But yeah. let's um, alive there. Look, it's it's great, and you know, you get a little bit of a different trajectory than you get with Even Flow, which is nice every every now and again. Where 
you know, we're going to talk about even flow basically being a set closer or, or almost a set closer. So we'll kind of get that same discussion in later in the set. So present tense and habit followed up a little bit of a no code section here. A couple of no code songs. I believe there were three in the show in total, but I can recount later if I have to. Yeah. All, all right here in a row. You had red mosquito. Then, then that's these two. Yeah. yep. Yep. Uh, wasn't sure if there was a fourth one, but you know, Ed belting out the chorus of present tense feels like they're starting to, to be more comfortable with that song. We talked about in Berlin last week, how that was one that they were still figuring out whether it was going to be part of that encore. It didn't necessarily work out that way, but you know, this is one when following your big song, this is one to build you back into the set list and sound really good. And then you have habit to follow it back up to really get the crowd back into a frenzy. I think they work really well off of each other. Yeah. And I liked the, uh, the speaking as Kafka, Kafka yeah, <laughs> and habit. That was a nice touch. And then, uh, I'll give, give Matt Cameron another shout out. The end of habit is fantastic. He's just banging trying to, break through his drums it was great uh but yeah i love present tense and habit back to back i mean the the beginning of present tense is perfect ed's playing guitar with mike really crunching those that rhythm guitar section it sounds perfect then you get into untitled and mfc combo which is the fifth time that the combo was ever used and obviously popularized from the live on two legs but this is very early on i think everybody knows of live on two legs and they know of how special that untitled version is and how different it was. And they only did it one time in that 98 show. So now it's starting to become a thing where you're getting the two songs back to back and, and it's kind of a vulnerable look into Ed's soul a little bit. He seems like he's pouring this emotion that he doesn't necessarily pour in with other songs. And it really, you know, it's him being himself. him to improv something like in this one you get you know let's cross the bridges make ourselves a new home which is cool uh, he usually would would tie in something to the city or to something about where they were and or you yeah, get a minute I, change yeah and I, I love untitled i think it's it's one of my favorite things that they do i love like some of the versions later on you would get like extended verses and stuff like 
he would really go off and make it really special. But, oh, yeah, Untitled showing up in a set is, is wonderful. I, I love it every time. MFC following up was a really fantastic version, too. And Ed's oh, yeah, going, Ed's, oh, it's screaming. Yeah, full fuck it. Was, it was great. Yeah. Car noises, too. We have to mention the car noises every single time because well, it is a thing. I don't have to mention them. You have to mention them. But well, it's yeah, a thing. It's part of the song. It's part it's of the part song. Of it. It's great. Yeah. I, you know, it's because the first time we ever heard it, I thought he was he was gnawing on something. That is Ed's version of a car noise, which, yeah. Yeah. you know, Ed, Ed's got to Ed, so... All right, uh, little section here of I Got Shit wish list and insignificance that flows pretty well, pretty balanced. And again, you're getting pretty equal play from all of the albums. And if you want to say there were only two Vitology songs that were played on this night, add I Got Shit into that. And there were really, you know, there were three Vitology era songs, I would, I would say. So, you know. This is the pacing that you want on the wish list. You get a Mike Solo that soars a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, you know, that's really the biggest talking point of the show is, is how Mike is filling the room and filling the atmosphere. Wishlist is perfect. I got shit at, you know, get Ed doing the hey, 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 hey during the solo. I thought, the, yeah, I got shit solo was transcendent. And it, as it usually is, that's one of my favorite songs. Um, but yeah, Insignificance, I thought, was a big highlight. Think of all of how long it had been since we'd gotten a, a song from the album that they're touring. Like, right. Head of the Girl and Grievance 1 and 2. And then this is the first binaural song since then. And the but last yeah, in the I, main set. Right, but oh yeah, I loved Insignificance. It's perfect. Ed's got the guitar back on, strumming his heart out, like trying to again. He does that thing where he he just puts his head down and tries to break through the strings on the guitar. I love it. And then you get a th- massive, massive three-headed monster to finish out the main set: Rearview Mirror, Even Flow, and Go. And these are just three songs that. Oh boy, you don't have to come back out for an encore if you do these three in a row. This is they could be done with the set and I think most people would be would enjoy it and they would appreciate it. Oh yeah, you could have put these in any order and it would have been great. The crowd absolutely loves Rearview Mirror and they are bouncing up and down. You gotta love what Stone's doing in the bridge and you know they enter a zone, they're absolutely locked in and they bounce back into the chorus with the, with that bridge and the bass leading in is excellent. So you give Ed one last chance to belt the rearview mirror. A lot of a lot of Ed's best moments on the show are screaming that last final line, like mm-hmm. that that climactic moment of the song, like Animal. Uh, you know, present tense had that, uh, and and this. I I feel like those are the three that really peak out in my mind that. You know, Ed is just really, you know, trying to reach his plateau. Yeah, I mean, by this time he had 
he had backed off of the early years a little bit. He wasn't thrashing his voice in every song, but he still had it. Like, he could still break it out when it was needed. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, even Flow 2, you you almost get a drum solo from Cameron. Like, it was a little... Yeah. What, what would be to come. Like, he almost... You could feel like he wanted to go on a little on a little drum solo there, but you wouldn't really get that until a few years later. No, yeah, and, and they kind of almost trail into the chorus a little bit. You don't get that, you know, when when they would do that, you would get that little don't na 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 and they don't really do that there. They just kind of go back into the chorus, which is an interesting little transition, but um, you know, Matt does get a chance to to shine a little bit even if it's not a full-fledged solo but even flow belongs to mike mention in between river mirror and even flow too that um ed mentions that they accosted some folks from greece on the streets and they mentioned that they've never been to greece before but happy that some people from the country got into the crowd and made makes a point of pointing them out in the front so they did end up going to greece in only 2006 once, yeah only, only once. once and i did inquire because I thought to myself, I'm like, Grease and Pearl Jam fans? All right, let's see if there's a connection here. I did inquire. One of those people was not Dimmy, who was a very, <laughs> you know, everybody knows who Dimmy is. and He, he was probably a little young at that point. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know his age, so I, I figured, you know, yeah. Grease and, and Pearl Jam fans, you know, that, that's the guy. But, yeah, no, he was not in attendance at the show. So for anybody thinking that, um, Go closes this set. Always love when that happens. It's it's a rare appearance. It's a rare occasion, but it feels like you're kind of you're ending on all that energy and and you're just asking for the crowd to beg for more when when you come back for the encore. Go is one of those chameleon songs where it can fit anywhere. It can open. It can close a set. It can be in an encore, encore two, 
anywhere they play it, it's fantastic. See, now this is where this discussion can come in because now what you said about Animal, where it kind of stays complacent in its spot, Go, more versatile, I think a lot more people would send us an email saying Go would be in their top 10 live songs. Yeah. So you use it. and, And look, I think Go is more impactful of a live song than Animal is. You know, maybe well, it builds just up by to something a little bit. That that McCready solo is is such a cathartic right. thing live, especially he just goes off. Where in Animal it's more about the the rhythm of the song and the way it builds up in the one, two, three, four, five against one and everything. It's it's more of a crowd participation thing than than Go is. Go is a chance for McCready to just go off the deep end right go is sheer force sheer energy yeah yeah power straight through and then at the end the ending is the climax of that that's all you need to know is that the best part of the song the fastest part of the song is when they end it animal has it's it bounces it's flat. up and down it, it keeps yeah, the right. same energy the whole time through right absolutely yeah. so yeah. it it makes for a perfect ender I, i've gotten it I think once or twice to end a set, and and, and it just works. It, it works so well. Oh yeah, I mean when it's when it's over, if it closes set, you know, it, it. I'm sure it took these people a minute to be like, what? What just hit us? Like, yeah, right. It's like need, getting hit by a truck. Yeah, yeah. You, you need you a need you need a break. Yeah, after ex- this to to kind of recover. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we get into the encore, and Ed does mention that uh, there have been some really good shows on this tour, but this show is taking it to the next level. And mentions that they're going to be bootlegs of this show, which I don't know the time period of this, but do you know when they officially announced that all shows would be bootlegs? It was before this tour. It yeah. was. So pe- yeah. this was in people's minds that, hey, every single show they'll get a chance to, to purchase a, a, a copy of. Right. Okay. But I so, think it was at this point it was CD only. Like you had to wait until the the CDs came out. Well, downloading digitally back then wasn't as, you know, unless you were downloading off a Napster, it wasn't a thing for them to transfer files to you or something like that. Right. right. That was less of a thing. So uh, they mentioned that they are going to play a song that they've never played before, and Matt starts playing a conga beat. But... uh... They've never done that before. You thought it was going to be Hummus, the hidden track on Yield? No, it was a little too fast for Hummus. <laughs> yeah, a little it was, bit. It was a little, it was a little more uptick. But uh, it, this is the live debut of Sleight of Hand, so we don't really get to talk about the song very much. But, you know, you have to be in the mood to fully enjoy its sort of, I don't know, it, 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 it's, it has that depressing kind of desolate feel to it where it sort of brings the crowd down and maybe they're still on a high after go. So you have to kind of level them out. So you get a couple more songs that they can bounce into like a a light years and a better man later in this encore, but sleight of hand just takes it down just a notch and, and re refocuses and reboots a little bit of, of this set. Something he had in mind. 
thought they nailed it. Like it, it sounds a lot like the album version. A lot of with these, with these debuts, especially you know, this is a challenging record, like we talked about. Uh, n- nowadays, you know, you, they they waited on Getaway because it was a little weird. They had trouble with it at the debut. We talked about that. There's some other ones throughout the years where when they first break it out, you're kind of like eh, iffy. But oh, I thought this was great sleight of hand, and it it does kind of build to something at the end, like it's got a little bit of punch to it, which I like. Like yeah, this song absolutely should have should have stuck around and been played more than it has been. Yeah, it's been played 49 times, which is more than I would have expected. It's more than um, either Mankind or Who You Are on No Code, which is right. I would have never guessed that. It, it, it's not by much, but it's still look. They'll bring it back for encore sometimes, usually in a spot like this but it's not you'll never see it in a first set you'll never see it really in a spot where late, it's prominent late first set sometimes yeah. possible yeah maybe during this era but i think nowadays it is pretty much the encore spot is is it for it you know in that yeah, and, you, and again area. you might get it you might it's one of those things where yeah a couple of times a year and that's it right exactly you're not going to get it very often i i was lucky to strike on it once and I'll probably never see it again. I'm sure for anybody else that, that has gotten it in the last five years, probably the same thing. You're lucky if you hit these songs more than once. But it always happens that way where you do, where you get a song like all night five times, but they've only played it 20. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just happens. So we get, uh, this is again, the last appearance of binaural songs here to open this encore, which there are only five which is, it is low, it is light, and I think the night before Pink Pop 2000, they debuted Rival. So, you know, there are a lot of, you know, debuting Rival and debuting Sleight of Hand here. There are some songs that they, you know, it like you said, they haven't gotten a chance to get it around to yet. They want to perfect the grievances and, and you know, the light years of of the album and yeah i mean yeah compare that to light years which had this is already the 15th performance of right right grievance had i think 13 and and i think yeah. of the girl eight times on this tour just this european leg uh grievance was 20 times on the european leg which is essentially every night so it makes sense those are the top songs that you want to promote from the album but also you're not getting a nothing as it seems on the show either true that's the same yeah i think that was that was kind of missing like i i almost missed it like it would have been it would have been nice maybe well that, i think that was it how just good fell Mike victim was... to the the alive even flow switch maybe screwed it up a little bit but sure yeah i thought thought nothing as it seems would have been nicer i kind of missed it yeah that would have i feel like you could have either used present tense or nothing as it seems and and they sure. went with present tense and maybe it was the no code back to back that 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 they liked and appreciated but uh, you know with how good mike was at the show it should have had that song yeah and it was back before he and nowadays he he i think he lost the guitar that guitar broke the pedal broke that he did the, mm. the solo on like on the album so it doesn't sound the same now but like the, these 2000 versions he was he still had that pedal uh so yeah you, you still get that original nothing is the same sound is really nice so the last binaural song, like I mentioned before, is Light Years, and great version. You, you get it bouncy, you get it sing-songy, and it's as close to the album version as I've heard from the song. I know we've right, kind right. of mentioned in the show that a lot of these performances 
are very close to the album version. I, I really felt that with, with Light Years on this. Oh, it's great. It's it's one of my favorite songs again. Like I have a tattoo of one of the lyrics on my arm, so I'm, I'm not going to yeah, say you're anything biased. bad about Light Years. But right. um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like I'm glad this one has stuck around a little more. You know, it gets played a little more nowadays. It's it's kind of become one of the ones that you're you're most likely to get off by Gnarl. But yeah, it's and it's kind of interesting. Like you know, we'll have to do a. Uh, well, you know, we might not get to an evolution episode for a while, but you know, the puzzles and games demo where they thought it was too close to given to fly, so they basically reversed it. So Light Years is basically based off a of reverse given to fly. So it's kind that of interesting though. It's kind theory. of a tie in together, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I've never I've never heard that before, never thought of it that way, but hmm. I can Yeah, they thought they thought puzzles and games was too similar to given to fly, so they, they reversed it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Better Man follows it up, and that's a very strong version of Better Man. And when you get a Save It For Later tag, but it's not – I feel like in the early versions of the Save It For Later tag, they're not doing it like they are now where you have a complete breakdown, the song changes, they do the call and response, and then – they get into the don't run away. This is a real tag at the end of the song instead of going off on a jam. seven eight nine minute versions where they really go off on it but yeah i mean this is i thought where they kind of loosened up a little bit like you mentioned like the, a lot of straight versions which is not usually what you expect from a program show you expect them to kind of mess around a little bit but i think for whatever reason starting with better man till the end here is they kind of lightened up a little bit and and we're playing around a little more after better man ed mentions that you might have never heard this song before, but he was having a hard few days, and Matt had a record by the band called The Laws, and it's a hard-to-find song, so they're going to play it for you. And I think that at around this time, if correct me if I'm wrong, but Ed's going through the divorce at around this time. So he's, you know, during this tour, at least the European leg, I think he was going through some hard days, because I remember one of the shows that we did you know, in in the past where they performed present tense and he said, you know, I've been really feeling the song. I've been really taking the words to heart lately. I, uh, you know, it felt like he was going through a difficult point in his career and, and his life. Yeah, it could have been. Um, but like, yeah, Timeless Melody is is the, the laws. People might know them. They, they did that. There she goes. If you know how that song goes, Yeah, there was a cover done by someone a couple of years ago that got pretty popular, but yeah, they were, they were an English band, uh, in the mid to late eighties. This song was, I think I looked it up. It was supposed to have been a single, but the single never came out or something, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a nice poppy song. Like I'd almost, it almost could have been something that was, if it's like as a tag on a better man or a daughter or something like it could easily have been one of those songs, but yeah, they just, then this is the only cover you get in the show. (laughs) 
I feel like they've used this... Was this in Touring Band, or was this used as, like, an ending credits for one of their DVDs? Because I feel like there's something prominent that was with this song and and a performance of it. I can't remember which one. But yeah, I don't I, think it's in Touring Band, but would you say it was a timeless melody? Well, considering it's 20 years later <laughs> and we're still talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Have we, we, I, we, have we covered answer. this one before? We, we covered a, a show where they played it, right? They, it's only it had been played a handful of times. Yeah, only only ten times. I think this is the only time that we've talked about it so far because okay. I, re- I can't remember a time that I've talked about it. I, I didn't even know if I knew the song, and then when I listened to it, it reminded me that, hey, this sounds like something that they've used in an extracurricular thing before. Like a DVD or or you know something of the likes, or this version was used. Yeah, this this was only the fourth time out of ten. Yeah, and nine of those were in two thousand. So they only brought the it back it. one yeah. time in two thousand four. Yeah, this right. I, I you know I thought this was a really catchy song. It's got a really good you know melody to it, so to speak, for the lack of better terms. And you know the the riff is nice and. It's interesting because you can always go back to a cover song and you could say, okay, this cover song was for this era. You know, yeah. this one is the binaural era cover song. Uh, Leaving Here is the no code era cover song. Um, give me some truth, they, Riot Act era. That they would go back and find a deep cut like this. Like, it would have easy, easy for them to go to go with There She Goes, right? Of course. That was, yeah. that was the hit. Right, but like like they did with "Driven to Tears," like they did with "Arms Aloft," like they did with mm-hmm. "Give Me Some Truth," like they they dig for that deep cut that might be like an actual better song to play, and it just it just shows you how big of music fans they are that like they 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 know their music history, like they're, they they'll go and dig for a song to cover, like you know the story of finding "Last Kiss" at the at the flea market or whatever. Sure. You know, yeah. it's it it's just one of those. One of the one in a long history of covers that they do that that it probably turned a lot of people onto the song. Yeah, but there's no lack of major rock song covers either, and and you have. But even too, like think rock into the rock in the free world has become theirs, but that's not a that's not like you don't think of Neil Young, you don't think of rock in the free world. No, because it's late even, Neil Young, but even maybe even Bob O'Reilly, Jam, they could have easily taken on My Generation or. One of the early things, but like even Bob O'Reilly, like you could even count those in that. Like, yeah, those are those are classic rock songs, but they're not like the number one song by that band. Either. Oh, I think Bobo is the number one song by that. Oh, I disagree. Really? I I think my it's top three at least. People, I think people know my generation more. They know won't get fooled again. They know, yeah. You know, can't explain who who are you? Things like that. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it's. I don't know. I think Baba is such a a number one. It has such a rich sound to it, and such a build. People don't even know the title. Most people know it as Teenage as Teenage Wasteland, of course. But like everybody's heard it in arenas, and you know when when uh, a hockey team takes the ice or a baseball team takes the field. Thanks to Pearl Jam. I no. I think I think it's. I think the Who. I think that stands alone. I think I think the Who made it popular. I don't think Pearl Jam popularized Bob O'Reilly. I well, think yeah, that it may that's... it may not be it may not be a deep cut, but it I don't think it's it's the number one song I can that s- they that they went to. I can see an argument for Rockin' in the Free World though, because of yeah. uh the VMA performance and people do attribute Pearl Jam when you think of Rockin' in the Free World, you think of 
Pearl Jam just as much as you think of Neil Young. Right. But right. I, I don't think that's the same for, for Bob O'Reilly. But, they're, you know, they've done countless Who songs that aren't really the best Who song or the most I think about doing, like, song. Rain by the Beatles. Like, that's not sure. a top Beatles song. Like, yeah, there's lots of examples. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. I fully agree with that. And I like how they bring that to the table and they bring something new because it kind of, you know, it helps me dive in to stuff that I wouldn't necessarily listen to, like um, – the band that they performed with, uh, um, Neil Finn, his band. Crowded House. Yeah, for Crowded House doing a couple of those songs. Like, you don't split expect ends. them to do stuff. Yeah, this split end yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, you don't expect them to do that. So, you know, it kind of turns you on to different generations and different music. And, you know, I, I think that maybe just as much as them enjoying the music, they want people to branch out and start listening to other stuff that, that, you know, is influencing them. So definitely we, uh, get into a little section here. It's not a very long encore. It, you know, it's what? 10 songs long, maybe nine, nine. Yeah. So like you're not getting an encore too, so it doesn't feel as long. It's just one, one strip and, and that's it. But you also, this is your last little section that kind of rocks out and then you end on kind of more of a somber note. So evolution state and once are your, you know, your kind of last moment to really feel the energy and feel the show. Stone has a really good solo in evolution. I thought that that was awesome. I thought this version of evolution was really good and you got Mike doing those same delay sounds that he's doing all night, but you know, they're tapping in to their last ounces of energy. And even once Eddie is on the stage amps and he's uh, climbing up and he's doing the call and response with the crowd. And, and these are just really good versions of three, you know, pretty popular songs. Yeah. I mean, you could call this the, the, again, the throwback section where this is the part where like, Hey, rem- remember, remember those songs that you liked? Uh, right. This is how, this is how they're going to shut it down. Yeah. State of love and trust is great. I thought they again they were loosening up a little bit, having a little more fun on stage. It looked like, oh yeah, um, Jeff and Stone are rocking out yeah. a little bit on yeah. stage, yeah. And yeah, but yeah, once is a highlight. The, the crowd goes crazy. Everyone, you know, putting their fingers up and clapping along, and yeah, Ed playing it up. You know, being the the front man, playing playing his role in the speakers and doing the crowd interaction. That that would have been a highlight, definitely for the people that were there. Yeah, Matt Matt had a really good part in this too, where he just sounded. On once he just sounded like a machine. It, it really worked well. Yeah, yeah, great versions. So Ed says we're going to do one more, and then says, "All right, we're going to do three more for the girl in the front." But really, they split the difference, and they are only doing two more. But I like this how they end this set list because you're not again. You got a live that you crossed off. You can easily do a rocking in the free world here. But as we talked about last week there are all these different ways to finish out a show. You get the more emotional response to finish a show with black into Ledbetter. So what do you think about this tying in as the ending spot instead of using, you know, the more traditional songs here? Well, I thought it was, uh, it was a chance again, like this is a mic show. We said at the very beginning, like it's a chance for, for McCready to take over. I thought even black had a little harder edge than it normally did. So maybe they they were playing it up a little bit, kind of it's again. Because Mike had a cigarette in his mouth. Around. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I, I like it. I always like Black, wherever it shows up. Like it's, 
it's a it's one of their best songs. You know, it's in the top three for me. McCready has a fantastic solo at the end. Again, you mentioned the cigarette. He's they're having fun, like, and then yeah, Led Better. Like, no better way to finish this off than to let McCready go off and do his thing. Yeah, no, McCready was a machine on Led Better for sure. You know, it, it, again, the NBA Jam reference. That's in full force. He's finishing the night off, and or he's the basically rock band walk- reference. He he flipped his guitar up and yep. turned on the turbo mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, listen, check out our rock band episode mm-hmm. that we did on Patreon. A little plug there for that, but yeah, no, he was he was Burning Man all night. He was just fantastic. So, um, all right, best mic moments of this show. Ugh. see what I did there. No. Yeah, I did. Animal. Uh, of the girl and uh, black. I think of the girl was definitely a big moment for him. Um, ooh, red mosquito, of course, is always going to be a good moment yeah, for him. Good one. Yeah. Um, black is this. This was a really good version of black. I, you know, that shouldn't have just been passed by to talk about the setless placement. He was looking up to the high heavens on this and that cigarette in his mouth, it looked like he was in a trance, like he was in another Mm -hmm. stratosphere that he took himself to. Yeah. So yeah, no, this version of black is definitely far superior to to most. So, um, yeah, those are, those are the highlights for me. I think like pilot was kind of cool to see. Uh, this was good MFC and, and untitled, but yeah, very, you know, very solid show. Very pretty much, I don't want to say by the numbers, but they, you know, they pretty much hit everything that they they needed to hit on this show, and it sounded really good. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think this was one of the. I don't think I have this CD. I think I have another one from this European leg that I went and bought. But yeah, I mean, when these CDs came out, you would go and like look at the back, look at the set list, and see like, oh, you know, which which ones do I want to hear? Which ones have the rare songs? And like that, this isn't this isn't a show full of like super rare songs. You, you get pilot, but again, it was it was more recent at the time. You get the debut of Sleight of Hand, but yeah, it's it's not it's not one of those that's going to get elevated into the classic realm. But yeah, it's perfectly solid. I give it. I'm going to say I give it a six and a half. Six and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I think it makes the seven mark. So I think it. Sure. I think it gives a seven. Um, we've had some discrepancy over our ratings as of late and why <laughs> certain shows are the same as others when other shows were way better. Yeah, I, I can see where worse. it would, we, you know, we kind of, we kind of backed ourselves into a corner where, you know, we're not going to give most things don't get lower than a six or a seven. Like why even rate them if you're not going to, if you're going to give everyone between a seven and a nine, but you know, it's more just to, to separate the, the classic ones from the average. And again, every, every show is great. I'm sure that if you had talked to people after the show, they'd have been like, that's the best show I've ever seen. Like that was, that was a 10 out of, of 10, you know, of course, yeah. which, which we mentioned, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there, there, there've been a couple that we'll get to that maybe we'll get a lower ranking, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's so hard. If you, if you love this band and you love the songs, it's so hard to listen to one of these where every, you know, the songs are great. The performances are great. It's so hard to listen to this and go, uh, eh, four, 
Right. You, you know, you so don't we, get a lot of disappointment. I think we we err on the side of of being a little little more friendly where you know we we focus on the positive things and yeah, like you know there there may be missed notes and things like that, but that that doesn't bother me. It's about the performance, it's about the moments and and there there are those in every show. So, yeah, you know if if you if you're if you're mad that we give every show a 7 or an 8, then Sorry, you know, but some shows we, you know, I, I gave Berlin a ten. You know, I, I, that's the way I look at it. I, that's it's just a way for me to separate the, the ones that that elevate to that classic status. Yeah, I look. I, I think it's tough because sometimes when I listen to bootlegs, I'm in a, I take my rating as you know how I took in that boot and what kind of mood it it it, it put me in for the day, and you know it's sort of. It has that kind of effect on you as well, instead of just like, "Hey, how how was the show?" So, you know, someday, maybe someday we'll we'll cover that singles party where they got super trashed and messed everything <laughs> up. But we'll give that one a one just to to balance uh, out the curve. No, I did look. We don't unless we change it to you know being out of five, which is just makes it way harder to decipher between the top stuff. You know, I, I don't mind. I, I think what we got going on is good. So so we do a Pearl Jam podcast and we rate everything a seven or more. Yeah. W- w- Sorry. Right. What are we not fans? <laughs> what do we not like this band? It's, yeah. you know, it's fine. I, I mean, I did I, give, I, if you go back, I did give Nagoya a five just because it was weird. I don't think there's much in it for people to listen to, but so that if you want to, if you want a little different point of view, then go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, but look, there's always good moments, and and even something from that show you picked on your wish list. Absolutely. So you gave Absolutely. something a five that you still put on your Sirius XM wish That's list. That's right. So. That's right. Yeah. Thanks to everybody who, again, who listened to we put it up on our Patreon. And thanks to people who uh, enjoyed it. I appreciate it. You're gonna you're gonna have to do one now. You're gonna have to email them and uh, I want to, yeah. It's really hard to come up with just five and come up with not just five, but the perfect five and what makes sense to me. And I don't just want it to be, you know, from Madison Square Garden and Hartford shows because that really doesn't make any sense. And I wanna add in stuff that we've covered on the show and and boy, between like eighty eighty shows that we've done you know, way more, way more than that. We're, you know, with all of the extra stuff that we've done for Patreon and, and, you know, and let me look at the big board. Okay. We get the big Uh, board busted out. This is a big board, by the way, you guys, 90, looks like 93 or 94 shows. Yeah. We got to add in really 90. Cause this is only episode 79. We got all the, all the bridge schools and the yeah. all that stuff, and we we did the Helsinki episode and all that stuff. You know, there there have been a few extra ones in there. All right, all right. Well, if it's if it's around that, then I'd say then okay, we, we've but... done about an, an extra extra ten or ten to fifteen. Okay, uh, look, there's you know, if you guys want to help me curate this uh, this wish list with songs that we've covered before that we've had really good conversations about, then by all means, you know, write into us at, at live on four legs podcast, the number four at gmail.com and, and help us out. Cause I for sure can't think of my absolute favorite stuff because it's all. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of went off the cuff. I tried not to overanalyze it. I just picked the first things that came to me. Right. Yeah. It, 
it's so tough. It's so difficult. But so you know, to, so we teased something at the beginning of this episode. I want to make sure we don't forget. Is yeah, is we're it not. time to uh, is it time to let's uh, do the reveal? Okay. Yeah. So, all right. We've been doing a lot of these around the world shows, and I know you know there are places that not a lot of our U.S. fans have been to these shows before, and we're going to give a lot back with the month of July. So. Every single show in the month of July will be Wrigley related and we will do 2013, 2016 and 2018 all. There'll be five Wednesdays in July and we're going to do one each week. So what we would like from you is we're going to kind of, you know, change it up and do a little bit of crowd participation on this and maybe if we get enough emails will do extra episodes instead of adding them in our, our regular episodes because there's going to be a lot of content going into just talking about the show themselves yeah, so we have to be a part one and a part two we might have to split it up but oh yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we're working on we're going to get a really cool guest which i don't want to say anything yet but um yeah it's going to be it's going to be great to go through shows like i you were at 2013 yep i was at the two in 2016 so we 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 tie in with a little personal thing there. I've got some good stories from those shows. So, and then I know the 2018 shows were great as part of the home shows. So yeah, yeah, that's those are going to be big. People have been people have been asking. Yeah, and I think a lot of our our patrons as well want to contribute to the 2018 and 2016 shows. We'll, so we'll definitely we'll have a lot of voices in, but we definitely want to hear from you and just hear your stories because I feel like with Wrigley, it's not just going to a show. It's sort of you know, it's sort of an experience. So, you know, email us, let us know what the whole trip was like and your whole experience being there. And, you know, it could be either waiting in the rain for the 2013 or the, the second 2018 show, or it could be how hot some of the shows were, because I know that some of those shows were hot or how difficult it was to collect all the posters because a lot of people were trying that out so there were a lot of there are a lot of different stories that we want to tackle here and we definitely could use your help so you know we'll we'll keep mentioning this every week if you have a good wrigley story that you'd like to tell shoot us an email at live on four legs podcast at gmail.com and we will definitely get them in in july when we do the wrigley series so we're very excited about that and we're excited to hear from you guys and see what you got to say yeah i'm looking forward to it should be fun. But next week, we are staying on the East Coast. We're back to the East Coast. John, you had a no East Coast. I tried. Yeah, and you failed because we have some patrons that we would like to make happy. And uh, one of them being Jason Corbin, who requested the Mansfield 2008 show. It's night two, 2008. And we have a really nice story that came from him why he he chose this show so we'll we'll tell a story next week and uh and we'll do that we have a, a couple of 2008 ones that are on our schedule and that have been uh that we covered this year so it's it's not a year that people really kind of gravitate towards but it's it's definitely um it's it's a sleeper year it's a sleeper year they definitely, do some definitely. you know they bring back some stuff that they haven't done in a long time some lost dogs in there so yeah i, I think we'll have a lot to talk about yeah, it's, you know the Mansfield shows are, are legendary because of the that two thousand three. Of course, and, and yeah, I think they were kind of they 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 like to make those shows special. That's what we got going on, and of course, we will have a Patreon episode 
featuring the Vienna 1992 show, and that'll be up at some point this week. But of course, if you are listening late, I know a lot of people are archival listeners, which is totally fine by us. It takes a long time to listen to all these podcasts while you're social distancing and quarantining and stuff like that. So when we say this week, it's probably up already. So just head on over to patreon.com slash live on four legs and check out just all of the exclusive episodes we have over there. And again, it's bootleg a month. We get a free bootleg for everybody that, that joins up. So that should be a very exciting and enticing little, uh, little giveaway that we'll start doing soon. So, all right, let's close it on out. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. And I miss you always. For Randy and John covering Prague 2000, we will be back next week. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks.